if you are an estate agent, letting agent, or someone who is interested in the property market, welcome to the UK Property Market Stat Show. Joined today by my special guest, and we'll come to him in a second, Ryan Mansell, big in the game in the property business. The purpose of this show is as follows. Um, the vast majority of property statistics, the land registry, Halifax, nationwide details, those sort of uh, indexes, deal with the bottom end of the funnel when it comes to the property market. We are in a quite a unique position that we're looking at the top end of the, 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 the sales funnel because it's all about the number of properties coming on the market and how many properties then actually sell in terms of sales of it to contract. I don't know if anyone is aware, but it takes on average 19 weeks for a property from a sale agreed to actually exchange and complete, and then another approximately three months for it to show on the land registry. So the information on the land registry, we're filming this in May, is dealing with properties that probably came on the market last summer. The sale agreed on those properties probably in the autumn, and they were actually completed probably in the order of around February or March. So, but we're dealing with here, right here, right now, as that boy Slim says. We're looking at, uh, why is this important? The more houses that come on the market, if they're not selling, more properties come on the market. The net effect means that prices will go down. It's really important. That's what caused, not what caused house prices to go down, but when back in 2008, when prices did drop, it's because it was just simply too many houses and not enough demand, because it is the classic supply and demand. We will also look at agents who are reducing their properties and what they're reducing them. The properties that are selling, the types of properties that are selling. We will also then go and look at all of those stats on a regional basis. And then finally, we will end up at a town or city in our fair isle. And we will deep dive into that particular town's property market and see which estate agent and letting agents are the best. Brian, thanks for having you back on the wonderful UK property market stat show. You certainly are damn good value for money. Thanks for joining. <laughs> How are you today, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Um, excited as always to be taking part, and thank you for uh, inviting me back. I can't be doing too badly because I think it's the third you are or fourth. Time always good value for money. You're always <laughs> good value for money. Right. So we're dealing, uh, Brian, with week 19 of 2023, and for the purposes of the boys and girls out there in the state agency land, week 19 was from Monday the 8th of May all the way through to Sunday the 14th of May. Um, and that, as I said, is week 19. And let us not forget that a certain thing happened last Monday, which was the coronation. I don't know if you were there. I'm sure you're a patriotic bloke up there in the Lake District. You were waving the flags and having your, your tea and biscuits while uh, Charlie and Camilla were going down the aisle. Um, I knew I had to stay away from London after that weekend, definitely. So, but I, I actually was at Liverpool Brentford. <laughs> I was at the football match on when the King was being. Uh, well, of course, you're you're uh, you're a Liverpool supporter. How are yeah. they do, by the way? Yeah, they have, they've left it a bit late this season, but um, they have put an impressive run together at the end of the season. So, reasons to be cheerful. Excellent. Right then. So, well, uh, those of you that follow the show, we do follow a standard format, and we go, we go deep dive, and we go look straight at. The number of new listings. So you shout up, mate, as we go on this. Yeah, sure. No, I mean I've obviously looked at these before. Thank you for sending them through. And uh, you know, we keep I keep my own stats, um, which are from a similar uh, place that you get yours. So it's been interesting that 
what I was last involved in the show around the Easter period of time, we were ex- and Easter was earlier this year. We may remember than um, previous years, so it skewed the numbers a little bit in a like for like basis. So I was very keen to see the sort of the bounce back, if you like. But of course, you know, May is um, is traditionally a very strong month for the residential market. You know, the weather gets better and and so on. Um, but of course, we've had you know the extra bank holidays with the with the you know the coronation as as you mentioned before so be interesting to see what's what's happened um because of that and is there going to be another little bounce back on the back of it which i suspect there will be um, but not a not, not an overall um you know bad set of numbers we've talked i think certainly the times that i've been on here with the 2023 comparison to 2019 which was as we said before before the covid years so it's interesting to see that we're you know becoming more and more balanced now with those numbers Give you an idea. The 30, just to give you a, a reflection, the thirty thousand seven hundred seventy-three. The av- the running average for the year so far is thirty-one thousand seven hundred seventy properties. Um, so again, we're in the right sort of ballpark. Next, we look at the average price that those properties are coming on the market at. Four five six. Last week it was four four eight. The week before four four six, and the running average is four two eight. Thoughts on this? Yeah, well, this was an interesting one because I had suspected, um, and I will no doubt come on to it, that with the increasing, ever increasing amount of um, adjustments being made to asking prices, that, um, you know, I mean, I guess the sale price will be significantly different to this. I would have thought probably, you know, not far off 50 to 100 grand, probably less than that. But um, it is interesting that in a market where the public are being told that house prices are falling, there's little evidence that they are falling dramatically um, when they're coming onto the market. So people are, I think there's still an appetite, certainly from, from my side, when I talk to sellers um, of wanting to try and get a good price, which is fueled by a number of factors, um, particularly inflation and, and other cost of living issues. People are wanting to try to find, you know, as many pennies as they possibly can, but there's definitely an acceptance that if that is not achieved, then that should be coming down. And I've said before, the critical thing that I look at here is, the time between when it's listed and when it become when it re- achieves its first adjustment. Um, so I'm particularly keen on that. But you know, it's um, it's no surprise that we've seen a bit of a bounce on that. Good stuff. Right. Okay. Uh, we'll so uh, we'll now go on to the accumulative listings to date. So basically, the 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 odd the odd was 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 put back to zero, and how many properties have been put on the market up to today? I mean, the thing that screams here is the, is the 2020, but obviously things did go, you know, we were still in lockdown and we yeah. were only just coming out, I think, middle of May, middle to the end of May. But I think you can quite clearly see here is, is that, you know, now in 23, we're, we're, we're about to overtake 21, which would surprise an awful lot of people, but we're still slightly behind 18 and 19. What's on this, Brian? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, again, 2020, we were in lockdown, as you've mentioned. So, of course, the figures, you know, should be largely ignored for that purpose, really. Um, and again, from my point of view, I've, you know, my comparison, as I've mentioned before, is 2019, which was the last normal market um, in terms of the balance between sellers and buyers. Uh, but it is, you know, again, encouraging as we've seen listings begin to pick up, as we predicted they would do particularly after Easter. Uh, and I suspect that at some point, um, you know, they will, within the next month to two months, probably catch up or exceed 2019. Good stuff. Right, we'll see. Now, uh, let's all bring all this together. And um, we've got this graph here, which basically... I think, Chris, actually, sorry to say, I mean, on the listings point, there's there's a 
there's an anomaly this year that wasn't perhaps available in 2019 or wasn't a, a driving force in 2019, which is why I just to add a bit of context to what I believe is going to we're going to see moving forward. And that is that, I, I, you know, it pains me to say, but more people are struggling financially and that is causing the listing of a property, the disposal of that asset to free up capital or maybe to downsize earlier than perhaps they would have done because if you're rattling around in a big house, it's costing you a lot more money to run that house than it was in 2019, significantly more. And I suspect that that will be an added driving force to the 2023 market that perhaps we didn't see back then, hence why I think it's going to accelerate. Um, I mean, you said earlier on when we looked at the average price of the listing, that is, uh, some people say this is overvaluing. I, I'm of the opinion, and and the stats do show this. And again, we haven't got hours and hours on the show to go into this depth, but I've gone in, down that rabbit hole. There yeah. are a greater propensity of larger houses coming on the market yeah. in the last 12 months than there were yeah. before COVID. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you've got two, as I say, I've just given one reason why larger houses will become yeah. on the market. And the second one is increasing mortgage rates. You've got people yeah. you know, who've stretched themselves to probably the limit, as a lot of people do, um, bought a very expensive house, you know, lockdown, pre-lockdown, yeah, but would have got a 2% fixed five-year five mortgage, two-year mortgage. And that is a nasty surprise now, bouncing out of that, even onto a new fixed rate, you're at least doubling your, your interest rate. So that's going to have a, a huge impact alongside cost of living, alongside the cost uh, inflation um, in terms of how you're able to manage um, your uh, you know your uh, your income every month in comparison to the mortgage you're paying. Interestingly, I've been talking to a number of people and a lot of people are extending their mortgage term. And, and we've had some bad press on this in the, in the news, in the press newspaper saying, oh, my word, you know, we're, we're going to be, um, you know, we're extending mortgages to 35, 40 years. But if you actually go back, most people who bought when, when we were lads and we bought our first houses in the late 90s, you you know, if you bought a house at 25 and your mortgage was for 25 years, you'd expect you pay to mortgage pay you off at 50, wouldn't you? Because obviously that's 25 plus 25. But most people pay their mortgage off at 58, 59, 60. It's, it's about 58, but there's even more. So everyone has in the past extended their mortgages when they've moved. We're just having to be doing it a little bit earlier. Probably we're turning into more of a journey where, you know, 50-year mortgages are, are not, not unheard of. And in some, there could almost be a lifetime mortgage. Yeah, I think... Um... Well, I, I know that actually whatever people decide to do with terms of mortgage, rates of mortgage, et cetera, et cetera, has, should significantly be attached to their lifestyle and their life choices and certainly their plan. You know, if you're going to be staying in a property for 10 years and you want to live a life where you have a balanced monthly amount, well, you're going to pay a bit more for that on a fixed rate. But actually, um, then at least you've got the stability and the certainty of knowing you'll be able to budget for a period of time. Um you know, and, but if you don't, then go for something else. And, and, and it's kind of, um, you know, no surprise, as I say, that uh, you're seeing a higher level of value of property coming to the market for those reasons. Good stuff. Right. And um, the this this particular graph shows the weekly listings compared to 1918 and 17. There's your dip going down into Augur, into Easter. Sorry, yeah. back, we doubt. But again, look at all this. These these are all over like a roller coaster at Blackpool, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, we said obviously that the uh, you know the Easter weekend was a bit earlier than the last couple of years. Obviously, twenty eighteen is a good comparison because it was even earlier. Um, but it's followed a similar line, hasn't it, with a slight bounce? And I, I think the anomaly we might be seeing is, is like you said, is the coronation where the, the country stood still again for a period of time, similar to an Easter break. 
Um, I mean, in, it, it, what is particularly interesting is this: we've got we had this we had this dip where we went from around uh, 35,000 listings, which was here, and we dipped down to thirty-two and twenty-seven, and then we dipped back up again at thirty-six, thirty-seven here. What is particularly interesting is if you take the average of all four weeks, it's just the bloody long-term average. Yeah. So you know. Um, so again, just pink. Pink is now this year, and then the other two years, as you can see on the colours there. Let's move on and go to number of price changes, and um, we've got eighteen thousand price changes. The average per month with, per week is seventeen thousand six hundred sixty-eight price changes. Uh, it just shows agents are working their stock rate, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've got stats on here, have we not, to show the number of properties actually on the market? Because always, this is directly relevant to. Um, to two things, the um, the the percentage of your stock that is you know sitting on the, the sticky stock, as we've referred to it in the past, that's sitting on your on the estate agent shelf, you know how many, what percentage of your stock that is unsold are you adjusting? Um, but also a comparison to um, the length of time it takes to get those those changes. Um, so, but it isn't you know this is no surprise that this is now exceeding the last five years because. That's the market we're in, you know, high expectation of price from the seller, a much lower expectation of purchase price from the buyer. Um, you've got a, the essence of an agency has always been to negotiate in the middle, negotiate with the seller on the price of their property to get it to a level that attracts significant interest that will start to see offers coming in. Okay, so we've just pulled up those stats whilst you were talking. Um, if we based 18,000 and then make that into a month um, and then divide it by the number of properties that are currently on the market, we're running on uh, that we are reducing 12.89% of our stock on a monthly basis. Okay. Okay. Now, what is particularly interesting at the moment, number of properties for sale is 586,000, whilst in March it was 593. Now, that would surprise a lot of people that the number of properties coming on, the number of stock is actually lower. Well, now, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you've got withdrawns that have risen. You know, in that uh, in that data set, um, which would obviously, you know, as well. I mean, the sales haven't gone through the roof, so you know, you've got the same proportion of sales to percentage of stock. But I suspect that you might see that you've had, you know, that the agencies are having people for for various reasons removing the um, the properties from the market, particularly if they fall apart uh, and they decide to sit tight and uh, and wait it out. Yeah, um, I'm just looking at the stats now, and you're absolutely bang out. The number of withdrawals have absolutely just absolutely exploded in the last two months. So there you go. Great insight, mate. I'll tell you what, there yeah. you go. there's a reason why we ask you on. <laughs> Not just okay. a good guess. <laughs> okay, then. Good stuff. Right. Okay. So, um, I mean, just to give you an idea, um, in the just so you're aware, uh, we'll, we'll just do this. So we are filming this. Oh, okay. Hold on a second. I think this, I'm just going to do this just for what's name and giggles. Okay, hold on a second, and we're gonna go up there. So the number of withdrawns in the last month, 31,058, which is, wow. I mean, that is just under 9% of the stock, isn't it? No, isn't. It's 31 divided by 536. Let's just have a quick look. That's about 7%. I don't know if that is. You keep filling, mate, and I will- Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's, it's very, very high. Um, very very high and you know it's it's no surprise really when you have a market where you are leaning on your sellers quickly and or, or leaning on them full stop to change the price um 
you've got to be mindful of their their personal situation. That the rules that I've always followed would be that you know each individual person trying to sell a property, you understand exactly why they're moving, which is part of the the listing process. You keep making sure that you are up to date with that reason. Um, and obviously, if someone is yet, you know, if someone is instructing you to sell their house because they need to find another one, and you're hammering them for price reductions, they're going to go one way. They're going to become demotivated, and quite likely, you will accelerate them towards the decision to come off the market. Um, they're not finding something, or maybe they're finding something at a price that is too high, um, but yet they're being uh, leveraged to reduce the price of theirs, and so the gap, the differential is widening, you know, um, all the time, and it's just putting people off. So. There really has to be a proper commercial attitude towards managing customers in a time like this than they than agents haven't used in the last three to four years. Okay, I've just done a back of the fact packet stuff, and around agents are losing ten percent of their stock every single month to withdrawals. There's well, if you, if you, yeah, I mean it's 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 actually getting quite ridiculous when you think about you know, the lack of business acumen in a lot of these businesses where you've got, um, oh, I wouldn't even call them businesses, where you've got, you know, a, a willful disregard of, of customers when they're falling through, poor checks on uh, on sales, bad property management of uh, individual sellers and their circumstances, a focus on possibly getting a price reduction so that you can tick a box. And what you're actually doing is you're going to kill your business because if you're seeing 10% of your stock coming away, you've removed the increase the market's given you. And therefore, you're back to where you were in lockdown with half the number of buyers that you had back then. And those buyers don't want to buy um, as much as they did. So there's, there's, there's got to be, and I've said this before on this show, and I don't I make no apologies for it. There has got to be a different way and a different strategy and a different plan in your business. You cannot approach this market the way that you did last year the year before 2020 and even 2019 because the world is a different place and attitudes have changed um you know and so there has to be a proper strategy per property to get these people moved um and if that means that you know you have to sit on the stock until you help them find somewhere and give them the encouragement and then negotiate which is the term that is banded around the industry but we see little of it negotiate between the parties in a chain rather than just your transaction to get everybody moving, then that's what needs to be done. Not, we've got this property, it hasn't sold, we haven't had any viewings on it, let's get let's hammer them and get the price down. Blissfully ignoring the fact that these people are probably unlikely to do that because they haven't found somewhere. Exceptional insight, mate, exceptional. Um, let's just come back because let's come back to our stats. I hope you enjoyed that, boys and girls. I'm sure we could get more of that throughout the program. Um, the um, the average price of a property being reduced, 406, running average. But again, this is this is you know really frustrating because what I can see from these stats is that you've got back to what we talked about with the listing price. You've got listing prices at 458 or whatever it was in a market area where. You know, properties are selling on average around about the mid 300s. So if you've got stock where there's no buyers and you're trying to reduce that stock, you're ignoring the market that actually is active, which is where your focus needs to really be constantly and getting more bang for your buck in a market where we've spoken before, uh, where, there, where there's people wanting to buy fish where the fish are. You know? I remember, boys and girls, we're talking about UK property stats here and what's 400 grand in one place is cheap as chips somewhere else and vice versa. Yeah. So we're actually going to drill down 
and look at the regional stats and what's happening regionally, and we'll do that later on. And you'll be able to download all these stats for you at no cost on the YouTube channel. We'll look on the description of this video, and you can download them for your own personal benefit. You can also find this information on a town-by-town -town basis using the software, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Okay, let's look and look at gross sales, which is the number of properties that have sold. And this week we are on 20,934. Now, last week we were at 22.6, the week before 26.2, 24.9, 19, and 20. So, but what is particularly interesting is we've had the same issue that we had with listings two shit weeks, two amazing weeks, and now all of a sudden we seem to be leveling off a bit. Uh, thoughts, Brian? I'm interested to know the comparison between this week, well, yeah, actually, and the week following Easter, which would have been, what was that, week 16, week 17? Okay. No, so, right, so... Uh, but what I going, mean, the point being... Week, week going into Easter, 20.5, 20,500. 20, yeah. Coming out of Easter, Easter 19.9. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the week after, 24.9. Okay, so 24.9 is the comparative week because the coronation was the weekend before last. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we've got uh, 26.2. Yeah. And then and then the week before, which was ending on the Sunday because the coronation was on the Saturday, it was 22.3. And then obviously we have coronation bank holiday Monday. This In this week, it's at 20.9. Yeah. I mean, we've just, I mean, I tell you, let's just cut to the chase. There you go. It's wrong. Yeah, that's, that's easier. <laughs> so, you, you know, it's a, um, following a similar trend, isn't it? So, you know, let's hope that that, um, I mean, we've got another bank holiday coming up as well, which is, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what, how that affects, but thankfully one without, you know, huge level of, uh, distraction, um, what what screams at me, Brian, on this one is this: how how sorry, let's go back to this. How everything from week three all the way through to week fourteen is almost identical. Yeah. Okay. In terms of twenty three versus seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen, then and our pink line, which is twenty three, she goes up and down like a roller coaster. But all the other town, all the other places, which have got their easters. They've also got a roller coaster. It almost Easter cocks things up, then it comes back, then it levels off. I wonder what's going to happen later in the year. Does it all settle down like it does here in Feb and March and April? Who knows? Well, I mean, it'd be interesting to see, you know, a the 2019 full year graph, because obviously we've been doing a lot of comparisons with all of the years, but I've talked particularly about 2019. Be interesting to see what 2019 looks if we did a fast forward week 22 to 52 what that line looked like because i suspect that we will see a similarity between um that market and this market albeit as i've said possibly with higher listing numbers and potentially slightly lower sales well well, 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 well as the weeks go by we will see these things and hopefully uh get to, to to find this out let's just have a quick look the average uh this this is Accumulative gross sales year to date. Okay, so we're sitting on four 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 hundred and eleven thousand. Yeah. Um. Uh, what is particularly interesting now? You mentioned this earlier on. Is the price of the properties that are being sold? So right. Let's just remember, boys and girls, the average price of a property coming on the market in the UK, and we do have the regional stats. If you wait till a little bit in about ten minutes, 
We'll get to the regional stats in a second. The average price of a property coming on the market last week, 456. The average price of a property selling, 368. That means there is a 23.9% difference. And that, that gap has been pretty constant. The average listing price since January 23 is 428 versus the average sale price of 355. That is a nearly an 80,000 pound gap. Means that the bigger houses are not have a lower propensity of selling. And yeah. before we move on. No, it's exactly what I'd predicted, you know, when I said, I mean, I, you know, said 50 to 100. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, between those two numbers. So it is following a similar trend, isn't it? And it, it, the message hasn't changed. You know, we know what the market is. We definitely know what it's like now. Um, yes, we've had a couple of bumps with um, bank holidays and, and events and et cetera. But actually, we know the the model is the the die is cast right we know what we're going to do if you're if your if your buyers are all fish swimming around the middle 300s or, or the middle of your you know um your market then that's where your stock needs to be so are all your activities that you're doing to generate business to you know to get prices adjusted correctly are they all laser focused in the area where you have buyers rather than just grabbing anything that comes onto the market irrespective of where um the buyer mark is and trying to get everything down in price and that is probably what's happening, in all fairness, which is why we're seeing the higher number of withdrawals. I'd be interested. We probably, uh, I won't now because because we the price of the properties the that price are being of the properties coming off. That would be absolutely fascinating. Um, right. Okay. So um, this is the number of sale fall throughs. I tell you what, Brian, you just have a chat about this, and I'm going to have a quick look and find out the average price of the properties being withdrawn. I'm able yeah. to do that quite quickly. Go so. No surprise on this. Um, I'd worked out that each individual sale, both its value and its abortive value, uh, or its negative value, so its, its positive and negative value, was around about three and a half thousand. So, you know, you're talking 1%. I use that as a benchmark, I think, on the lower side of hopefully what people are charging. But as you've just confirmed with the 358 average house price uh, that's selling, that kind of fits quite nicely into calculations. So the net sales value um of this week um which we're going to come on to to see in a moment was is 57.5 million pounds of commission if your average fee was 3500 so it's the units times the 3500 equates to a gross commission pool for english estate agents of 57.5 million however as i've mentioned on these um these calls before the gross abortive value of fall throughs at 4506 um, it's 15.7 million. Again, if you assumed a three and a half thousand pound average fee was the fee that was being was was aborting. Now, there's two things. There was a report out a few months ago regarding the average cost involved in buying a house that is lost if a sale falls apart. There's been figures between two and a half and three and a half. But if you think about the loss that a individual seller or buyer has when the sale breaks, is a similar loss to the estate agent in terms of their fee. Uh, and I appreciate they might resell it, but they've got to, that's going to cost them more money. So if you think that 15.7 million pounds of fees have fallen this week, if you now annualize that, this is where it, this is a billion pound problem. You know, just to take this week in isolation at 4506 and make the assumption that, you know, we sell us, we sell the same number of houses moving forward and we bought the same amount of transactions. 
there's definitely apathy in the market for that. You know, it's what happens. Um, then you're talking about, you know, over 820 million pounds of commission that is being wiped out. That is there. It's there. You know, you've got a willing buyer, a willing seller initially, so it seems, um, who are then free to change their mind, causing financial devastation as well as emotional devastation to everybody involved, including estate agents. And if you said to somebody, you know, 15 million pounds has gone this week from commission. That's a lot of money for every single estate agent in the market. Um, so it's a big problem. It's a big, big problem in a in a time where the costs involved in running your agency are higher because of the cost of living. People running businesses are under pressure, and I'm sure they all are for wage demands and staffing. And you know, it's. I was talking to someone yesterday who was saying it's never been easier to poach staff than they're finding right now because they throw a few quid at somebody and they're off and running. Because, of course, you know, all of our personal margins of uh, of living have been reduced dramatically with all the reasons we know, with inflation and so on. Um, so when you've done the work to achieve, so work has gone on in week 19 that's resulted in 15.7 million pounds of sales that are not going to go through anytime soon. I, I, I'm not entirely sure what else has to be done or has to happen for businesses to start to think differently about how they're going about all this. Right. Thank you very much, Brian. Um, boys and girls, uh, we don't allow advertising on this one, but Brian does have a solution for that with his Gazelle product. <laughs> unsurprisingly, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, unsurprisingly. But again, do check it out because it is a fantastic bit of kit. Um, and I'm really surprised that the Rachels don't do that. Right, that's the end of the promo. Um, now, this is interesting. Since January the 1st, there have been, remembering there's 536,000 properties available on the market at the moment, there have been 225,994 withdrawn properties. Wow. What? At an average price, this has blown my mind, at an average price of 462,329. There you go. Now, what is particularly interesting is this. I've looked at the top 10 UK estate agents by new instructions since the 1st of January. And, you know, the, you know to give you an idea, the, the, you know, the number one estate agent in the UK is Purple Bricks. In terms For listings. Of, sorry? For listings. For listings, okay. So since january the 1st they've had 1.7% of the market for new instructions but in terms of their withdrawals 1.59 okay stay with many, me. so just just put some context on that for our viewers chris so what is the total amount of listings that that, that equates to but uh, purple bricks have put on the market 10240 uh listings since the 1st of january and withdrawn 3,586. Oh, my God. Okay, then. This is okay. Now, all of them. Okay, so uh, next we'll do um, let's do um, William H. Brown, which are part of Commerce Sequence Group. They've been on the market 7,836 properties. And withdrew. And hold on a second. Let me just check that. That doesn't seem right. Yeah. Okay. 7,836 properties they put on the market, withdrawn 3,211. That's outrageous. Okay, then. Wait, it gets worse. 
I'm not saying this is bad, but I'm just saying the one that sticks out in terms of is Foxton's. They've <laughs> put on the market 5,597 properties and had withdrawn 3,693. When you think about the fact that these withdrawn figures, with possibly the exception of purple bricks, have not generated any revenue at all. On a no-sale, no-fee model, they would have generated no commission. Now, I accept they may have generated a remortgage if they were withdrawn, and uh, possibly they wouldn't have had a mortgage if they were withdrawn. Um, a new mortgage, that is, but there's a remortgage opportunity there. Um, and potentially a conveyancing opportunity on the remortgage. So there is a little bit of opportunity for withdrawals. And there's obviously a rental opportunity if someone is, you know, et cetera. But they're the only ones really where you can monetize a withdrawn. But actually, that's peanuts in comparison to the value of of, of, um, of commission that you would have had the opportunity to generate had you looked after those properties. And I do not accept, and I've never accepted, including my days in corporate life, that every single withdrawn property is unavoidable. It isn't. The majority of them are self-inflicted. I mean, th this is this is particularly interesting. If you actually look at the top 10 estate agents in the UK, up until um, Easter, each of them were running at around one 1.4 to 1.6 of all withdrawals okay top 10 they're all in the they're all in roughly the same terms of market share of listings but in terms of withdrawals okay if you now take in terms of withdrawals month to date so the first two weeks you've got five uh, nine shit nine um you're probably looking all of a sudden most of them are around Three, three and a half, four percent. Yeah, so I mean, all the biggest, you, bigger agents seem to be clearing their 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 stock out of withdrawals. Yeah, what do you have in terms of um, just for the? I appreciate we've gone off piste a little bit here, but uh, it's interesting when you look at the sell through figures as well. So you look at the sales agreed and exchange figures. Well, exchanges obviously are, are, are the opportunity's gone, thankfully, in a positive way. It's become an asset in the business. But when you look at the sale agreed figures. Um, and if you add the sale agreed figures to the withdrawn figures, and I suspect that the withdrawn figures may very well include fall throughs if they've been fallen through and then come away from the market, they'd be marked as a withdrawn rather than a just a fall through. I, I, I say that from experience. Um, but actually, there's a term that we used to use back in the day called net cabinet. Okay, I don't know if you know what that means, but net cabinet refers back to the good old days of the 80s, which everybody you know moans at me about coming back. But there was a lot of sense in this when we used to run a business very efficiently, very simply with one filing cabinet, the top drawer, and it represented the, the flow of property. Top drawer, you put your new instructions. Your second drawer, you put your sales, then your exchanges, then you were drawn. And every single month, if you were putting more in the top that you were taking out there others, your business is going in the right direction. But I suspect that what we're seeing at the moment, in some cases, is not that, is that we're seeing a negative monthly net cabinet, i.e. we're putting 10 in the top on the market, we're selling five, we're redrawing six, we're minus one. So actually, the business is giving you a very early indication that you're going backwards. You're not growing the business by just simply looking at that algorithm 
Fascinating. Fascinating. Right, we're going to need to move on. Yep. That's the number of net sales, 16,000. Um, again, um, the running average for the month is 16,694. So we're, we're, we're about right. And again, we have the same dip. Um, the cumulative year, the cumulative net sales. So again, for anyone that doesn't know what a net sale is, is this. An estate agent will have a sales pipeline, like Brian said. And there could be, say, 50 properties in this. And there are properties that have been in there like two weeks, 10 weeks, 19 weeks, Okay. If an agent sells four houses that week, that's four gross sales. If one sale falls through in that 50 cabinet, then it leaves the sales the, the, the sales draw. So therefore, the net sales is three because four gross sales with minus one fall through equals three net sales. That's what a net sale is, just so you're aware. This is the stuff that's going to meet estate agents' bottom lines and pipelines. So we're presently running on 317,865, which is 93.5% of the running average of 17, 18, and 19. Okay, this did drop during Easter back down to the late 80s. She's now back up to the mid 90s. She's been hovering around 93, 94 the last couple of weeks. Any thoughts on this one? No, just, I mean, other than the fact that, again, it's no surprise, we, we've seen this Many many times when uh, when markets take a little bit of a dip, the, the instructions are the first thing to come back because the stocks had a bit of a battering, and if you've got the stock on, you'll hopefully sell them at some point. So one tends to follow the other by the space of a couple of weeks. Okay, you haven't seen this graph before because this is a new one. We've just added it because people requested it. So this is net sales uh, done on a week by week basis. The uh, pink is twenty three. The white dots is the average of seventeen and nineteen combined. The yellow line is 2020, and we can quite clearly see that everything fell off the, off the earth there, rightly so, with what happened. Um, always surprising at 22. We're not that far off 22, are we? No. Okay, with the blue line. Obviously, 21, which was the green, uh, that was a city year. But I, it surprises me how close we are to uh, 22. And, and also, like you said, we're almost identical to 17, 18, and 19. Fascinating. Um, yeah. moving on, same as 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're less said about that, the better. Okay, so this is the number of uh, gross sales as a percentage of listings. Um, you being ex countrywide, these are a couple of graphs that really do turn on you, ex countrywide managing directors. So maybe you just want to uh, have a quick look at uh, discuss these, mate. Yeah, so, um, we refer to oh, well, I'm, I'm sure I say we, the royal we, um, I refer to these. Um, as the sell-through rate, which was one of the key mechanisms that we would always manage. Our belief is that we don't, estate agents don't deliberately cause their sales to fall apart. So we tended to judge, well, I tended to judge the performances of the businesses um, that I had the privilege of leading as, you know, what percentage of their stock were they um, were they selling? And that gave me a very good indication as to the mechanisms that the branches were adopting prior to that in terms of listing numbers, managing the stock's prices and getting them to achieve a buyer um and 68 percent i'll be honest with you, it was normal that's you know we would look for that as a minimum 60 percent was the minimum you'd expect six out of ten to go under offer uh each month of your of your um of your listing numbers but actually what i would be doing now if i was going back into a state agency again is that whilst i would keep an eye on this because it's a key performance indicator i would be looking at the collective value of my listed stock that was for sale so all the asking prices added up, divided by the amount of commission that we've charging each customer should we be successful. And what is that 
total opportunity and start to manage the business on that that way how much can we forecast that we should be selling and you know financial revenue predictions each month moving forward and you would use the underlying 68 to 70% as your barometer for good and bad Good stuff. Well, I'll just give you an idea. The running average for the year is 67.8. The running average for the last seven years on all 57 years of 52 weeks is 76%. Uh, next, we move on and look at price changes as a percentage of listings. And we're up at 59.4. The year running average is 42. Anything you want to say on this on? Well, no, only other than the fact that I think you mentioned that the listing uh, price adjustments as a or changes as a percentage of stock um was about 12 percent, wasn't it i think you mentioned yes, 12.8 yeah which is you know which is above the what we used to say was the the minimum level which was 10 percent. you know we should be uh, but but again the the critical thing on this we've said all before is this is all wonderful and they're the, all there ever is with these types of um of kpis is more questions to be asked because if you have that level of your listing stock being changed by price but you're not achieving the sale rate then simply you're not getting enough off the property you know or you're removing your you're, or you're adjusting the price of a property where there are no buyers or few buyers which is basically wasting your time and your money because time is money Indeed. so that's a good barometer. Fifty nine point four one percent is, you know, we would say is, you know, is is on the better side of the line. But the value of the adjustments, are, 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 you know, is critical. Which is why, if you measure it against the value, then you've got a clearer, slightly clearer picture of how effective you're likely to be. This is fall throughs as a percentage of sales in week nineteen. Obviously, twenty twenty sticks out like a great big sore thumb, but we would, we would expect that. Um, just to give you an idea, the average in Q4 was late 30s. The yeah. seven-year running average is 24.28%. So at 21.5, don't look bad at all there. And the last few weeks, we've been hovering around those sort of numbers. Yeah, but like I said before, if you then add in the volume of instructions that you're withdrawing yeah. to yeah. the full compared to what you're listing... The, the, the critical thing that people should be sitting down and doing today or tomorrow is working out my cabinet value. Am okay. I on small stock that I'm removing? Simple, simple way to look at it. We're now if going to move on. Growing your business. If you're not, you're going backwards. Thank you, Brian. Right. Now we're going to move on and look at the regional figures. Before we do, we'll just have a quick look at the national stats. These are, we're not going to spend too long on these boys and girls. The bottom line is this. Green is good and red is bad. Green is good and red is bad. So have a look at this and you are able to download these from YouTube. Go to the description and the little description there. Um, we're not going to spend too much time. Just So let's let's just uh, fleetingly go through this. And what is particularly, okay, so hold on. Oh, look, you've got two of those, Brian. Two for the price of one. Right, we now move on and look at the regional stats. Green is good, red is bad. I find it absolutely fascinating. Again, week 50, week 14 and week 15 were Easter. And then week 16 and 17 were the two weeks post-Easter. Look how the whole, even though the market is lots of little, like a fly's eye, everything dropped in Easter and everything came back. I just love the tonality that the greens are always in the right same places, wherever you're, whether you're in Scotland or Penzance. Weird. Yeah. 
Well, it's not weird. It's the appetite. You know, the people who are selling and buying are watching the national news on housing markets rather than, you know, maybe spending as much time or more time looking at their direct regional market or local market in news. In their own town. Interesting. That, Again, that, if you look, in terms of the colours, the way to judge your market is see what tonality you have on the colours and see where it matches. And we can quite clearly see with East Midlands and East Anglia and East of England that there were, again, we're talking the sort of stuff that we're seeing in March and early April. Okay, we, we are going to not spend much time on these. Again, uh, Inner London, we had a fantastic couple of weeks ago after Easter, after Easter which has just eased off a bit there. Um, and again, we you can spend as much time as downloading these to your heart's content. And it, just shout up, Ryan, I don't know if you've got anything to say on these. No, um, not really, just other than the fact of what you've already said, that it's interesting to look at, um, you know, comparisons region to region, and they're largely the same. And again, we're looking at the percentages that we talked about. Again, you can see what your town, what, what your region is doing. Again, these are all available to download. Um, there's no point in us going over these because we've already done the national figures and what it means. You could just see the trend on your area and, and take a decision from there. Um, interesting. Really good would be a map of the country. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, it would be great to see a map of the country and you just put one up for the first time ever. Well done. And that was not scripted, boys and girls. That was okay. No. <laughs> okay, so we're actually going to go and move over to a website which where this information is on. And this is, uh, hold on a second, we'll just pull that up. Hold on a second. It's all good stuff, Brian. So this is, this is my new... This is my new website that I love. And you know, I'm a massive fan of 20EA and their insights platform, but there's this new website called Bricks and Logic, okay? Uh, and again, they're not paying me to do this, but I have access to this and you can have access to this as well. And it, it's an amazing bit of data, but basically this is, and you can change the dates up here to uh, six months, three months, but this is what properties are selling for in now versus what they were selling for 12 months ago but i could change that to six months or whatever i wanted to okay if so we're looking at red or shades of yellow that are negative so they're yeah. lower than they were and the other are not so remember boys and girls this 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 um this this um this Pardon me, the, the color, you know, the key does change. It's dynamic as it moves, okay? You can fix it if you want to, but basically let's have a look as we go over the country and we're going up to Wales now and you can quite clearly see that if we're going into North Birmingham there, it's quite posh and we're up to the 6% prices. Let's go up the M6 to Manchester, okay? Let's have a look, there we go. Preston seems to be doing quite well, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, we're coming to your part of the world in the Lake District there. Okay. Yep. Okay. Now we're coming into Newcastle. Newcastle seems to be doing quite well. Um, and again, Chris, are we sorry to interrupt? Are we saying that what is because you've got on the graph there seven percent? So is this plus seven percent? Yes. Or lower? So really? red is good. Red, red means prices up, prices achieved today, not what Lam Registry says, because they are six, 12 months away. This is sale agreed prices today versus sale agreed prices but, um, 12 months ago. Okay. So almost what we're doing. So hot and cold we're looking at in terms of yeah. the colorings. Yeah. Okay. Now, Lincolnshire doesn't seem to be doing quite well. We've got a bit of a cold spot around uh, Boston. Okay. 
Uh, we now move down into London and let's zoom into London. I think that's quite interesting there. Okay. Interesting that the the that the the hot market seems to be out to the southeast. Yeah. And yeah, well, that's interesting. We've got a lot of agents um, along the Medway corridor going into uh, Kent and, and um, from out of London, and you know, very strong performances. Again, there's there's Kent doesn't seem to be doing quite well. I need, um, but the, this is from Bricks and Logic, so please do go and check them out. There's some absolutely fantastic stats that you go with this rent pound per square foot, number of bedrooms. It is absolutely insightful. Uh, okay, boys and girls, uh, we are now going to go to. Well, Brian, I said to you that, mm. that some of those graphs were roller coasters. So, where is the place where the where the main roller coasters are? Got to be Blackpool and the Big Dipper. It's got to be Blackpool and Big Dipper, and that's where we're going, mate. We <laughs> are going. We are going to sunny Blackpool. So, boys and girls, let's just pull this up. Hold on a second. We'll just get rid of that. Shout out to Stephen Chu, who's got a very good business in Blackpool. That's, that's, he's a nice lad. I like him. Yeah. Long so, for the, pur for the purposes of this, for the purposes of this, we are looking at the postcodes of F1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, and then the posh bit uh, is called Thornton Cleveleys, but it is Blackpool, but it, they call it something different because they're a bit posh up there, is F5, Okay. And we are, look, can you see the screen? Yep. So we are now, we are looking between the 1st of the 1st, 21, through to the 15th of May, okay? Let's just make a mental note. The average price of a property that's come on the market in those two and up bit years has been 165,000. Let's remember that because when we look at the individual agents, we will be able to see. So this is new instructions. So we've got the first agent, which is called the square room. Okay, they they do they they're um they're not bad, are they? Um, hundred eighty five thousand as well, which means they get more middle, slightly higher price properties. Um, I don't know if you shout up if you knew any. I know you said you know. Steve. I don't know. I know Stephen Chu. Um, obviously Ed Whistle Green, Farrell Hayworth, but I don't know the rest. Okay, so the next one is unique estate agents. Wow, there's a lot of movement here, isn't there, with with regard to listings? Okay, they're one hundred ninety three, so they're obviously a. Uh, uh, a, a posh agent. Let's go. To can, you do, can you just do me a quick favour? Can you just under new build? Can you take out and put put no for new build? False. There you go. All right. It doesn't change things too much. Okay. It will do. Not much, but it do, it will do. Change a bit. Okay. Interestingly, the average. The look. Here we go. Look at the price band that gets the most properties: hundred to hundred and fifty. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. McDonald's. 150. Wow. I mean, there's a lot. It's like an oscilloscope here, isn't it? I can never say that word. Roman James. It's a very impressive word. What, oscilloscope? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those words I can't say. I can't say squiggly graph, I would have said. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, all right. So tiger sales, they tend to be more, the, should we say, the more uh, lower quartile, lower third, because uh, their average price is 130. Stephen Yep. Um, again, it looks like they've been naturally seems to be growing quite well. Entwistle Green, which are a corporate, okay. Uh, Farrell Hayworth, which I think they're also a part of a corporate now, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, good agency. Duncan Rustic. Okay, he seems to be growing slightly. And then Susan Eve. Oh, she seems to. There you go, really. Um, we could have a quick, we, we'll just have a quick look at the number of sales. And again, as you would have, so again, interesting look. The square room. 
They have 14.6% of sales, but in terms of new instructions, 13. So, you know, I'm hoping the square room will have some good figures. Unique, 8.4. Let's look at the sales, 9.2. So again, the bigger agents have a slightly higher propensity to develop. We'll actually have some stats on that in a minute, Brian. Uh, any thoughts on that before we go to the next slide? No, no, all good. Okay, so this is um, this is um, there's lots of information on this graph uh, and almost too much information, but we're just going to break that one down for you. Now, interestingly, the number of properties at the moment who are on the market with online estate agents five point six seven percent nationally, whilst in Blackpool seven point one. Okay, so that's quite a high figure. Yeah. Um, now. Let's ignore new instructions because we've already done new uh, market share and let's ignore sole the contracts. It, the, the magic number is this. For every property that they put on the market, you can either, it leaves the back door rather exchanging or withdrawing, doesn't it? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Then. So it quite clearly see here that the square room for every 100 properties they put on the market, they will exchange on 70.3. Unique will 73.3. Uh, McDonald 86. That's not bad, is it? No, that's very good. Okay, and McDonald's need to be really shouting about that. Mm. Steve Chew at 77, Entwistle Green at 63. That's really good. Uh, uh, we, the guys at Entwistle Green in Blackpool need to be chuffed to bits with that. Uh, quite often, quite often, the corporate estate agents, the gap is really, is, is almost a bit embarrassing. You want, yeah. to be, you want to be chuffed with that, guys. Uh, but again, there's still room for improvement at, uh, into the 70s. Roman James, 74, Tigers at 70. Dun Duncan Rastrick at 64. We'll just have a quick... Uh, but you know what's interesting, Chris? You know, if you just look, just scroll back up for me, right? A state agency has never changed. Look at the, in the current market, the number one company that's selling the most number of houses with the most volume, look at the graph on the far right-hand side. This one or this one? Sorry, the, uh, yeah, the column top far right, price change percentage. Yes, now that's the equalizer because it doesn't take into account the volume. That is a percentage of the number against the number rather than the volume. So there's a surprise. The agent with the best market share, the highest number of sales, et cetera, and the highest number of exchanges in terms of units have the highest number of prices changed as a percentage. Much higher than the market. Okay. I mean, look, the, the so 41.5% of properties in Blackpool sell. Uh, sorry, I have a price reduction. Matt says that there. But look at this. McDonald's at 86, their price change rate's 30. Yeah. So that screams at me that they're putting the properties on at the right sort of prices. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, the square room seems to be working their stock a lot. Okay, 70's not bad, but it's not it's not 70s and 74s. And it's, it is above the average of 67. Hunters, yeah. You uh, could also argue that McDonald and company are playing it safe by listing property in a market where there's only, uh, you know, the buyers, uh, a lesser price or, you know, or not being brave enough on the prices that they're trying to list at. Yeah, but you've got, okay, but you've got to admit, those are quite impressive numbers that at least the bottom line is this, if you put your house on the market with Donald's, you have an 81% chance of moving home. Whilst with some agents on that screen, you only have a six in 10 chance of moving home. And I don't know, you know, you've said before, we're not in the marketing game, we're in the house moving game. We're in the house moving game, yeah. Um, 
Interestingly, again, Elliot Booth is quite nice there at 82, but here we go. Susan Eve, 91. You want to be a big round of applause, Susan. I have never seen a figure that high. I thought I saw, last week I saw Alan Batt at Wigan at 85, and I thought that's one of the highest I've seen. I couldn't remember anything higher. I've never seen anything at those sort of levels. So massive well done there, Susan, Eve, and the team there. Pearl Brick, 74. Elliot Booth at 82. Mackenzie, the real estate agent at 61. Move Homes. Okay, 32. We won't make any comments on that. Uh, auction house are auction, so we won't touch that. And then sell my home must be an independent, uh, an online estate agent. Uh, I'm assuming if I've assumed wrong, my apologies. Uh, I find that fascinating. Interestingly, Dunton Rustic have grown their market share for listings uh, by 52. Stephen Tube, big round of applause, 29%. McDonald's, 21. The squares, obviously, Tigers and Roman James seem to be slipping slightly there. So, guys, it looks like you might need some help on that one. Um, any comments on that before we move on to the next one? No, I just think that, um, you know, whilst I agree with you, there's some impressive numbers in the lower ends there. When you've got the volume of 700 properties, you know, and you're selling hundreds of properties, literally, in some cases, you know, double what a lot of other competitors are selling, and you're managing the prices the way you're doing it, it's a model that seems to be working quite well. There's always lessons to learn from the leaders. Yeah, I can't disagree with you that obviously the square room are running a damn good business. Um, I, I have seen corporate estate agents who are uh, throwing enough crap at the wall and and, and enough it'll stick, and their yeah. exchange ratio is down. You know, I mean, to give you an idea in inner London, the number one estate agent by listings exchanges contracts on twenty seven percent of properties. Number two, and they're only on their heels, exchanges contracts on fifty four. Now that is massive. That is, I think that is. That's bad for the for the homeowners when it is that gap. I don't think 70 to mid-70s yes. is huge. So you've got a point and it's valid. Okay, let's move on and look at uh this. Now, this particular one, this particular graph here shows you that if every agent put the same house on the market, because what happens is so this data here comes from the 20 EA Insights platform. So that's the insight platform from 20 EA. This is available to buy from uh 20 EA. Uh, it's not a lot of money. You buy it for your own postcodes. Um, uh, I'm not pushing this. I'm not getting any commission from this. I should be, but I don't. They just give me access to it as long as I mention it to them. Now, what they do here is they look at every single one of your listings. They do what's called a, uh, what I would call a Valpal figure on that property. So therefore, they look at, so in this case, the square room, they've done looked at all your 704 properties and looked at the almost what a Valpal figure for each one, an automated valuation model figure. They've looked at the 456 from unique estate agents, and then they've worked out, right, what have you put on the market for? And then what did you sell it for? So therefore, the square room overvalued or put on between the value and what they sold it for, 3.43%, unique at 2.4, McDonald's. Now, this is interesting. McDonald's had the were the agent who sold the most houses and have got in the top 10, one of the lowest percentages at 1.19. Big lesson for you. They're obviously putting the properties on at the right price and getting the ones sold. What, do you, what did you then sell it for? Okay, so from the original asking price. So you can see here that, they, that the square room got 3.54% less than their original asking price. How do you level all that playing field up? What they do is this. If the, if an average Blackpool agent, stay with me, Brian, um, if an average Blackpool agent put a £200,000 house on the market, what would 
the F, what would they actually sell it for from actually getting it on the market and selling it? And they've quite clearly hear this. The square room, 199.5, unique, 200,790. I mean, there's not a huge amount of difference here, is there? No, no, there isn't. It's, it's, no. it's very, very close. It's That's not quite tight. They, we normally get a variance of around 5 or 6% on this one. Well, you know, well obviously, you've got Patterson's, which is an auction business as well as an agency business that has the, one of the highest levels of resale at 222 which is, which is obviously over 10%, 12%, so it's quite high. Yes. But again, and you've got the other auction house here. So again, there's going to, and again, remember this is price achieved over the asking price. So they have set a low guide price to get over it. Okay. Yeah. And obviously that's affected the prices. But I think, uh, yeah. again, these are low numbers. So let's look at the top ones. This is really tight. It's nice to see. It obviously shows that all the Blackpool agents are doing a really good job and there's not one that's shirking. How yeah. long does it take to sell out? Well, wow, look at this. We said earlier on that the number one agent in terms of is McDonald's. They're not put they're not overvaluing their houses because we saw that here, didn't we? With the 1.9. And they are the quickest to sell at 36 days. Yeah. Well, that would stand to reason, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Okay. Yeah. Um if we go and look at let's just um hold on, not that one. Sorry, let's get move this. If we go and look at, let's just move this. Sorry, hold on, guys. If we go and look, who was the one that was just probably not pulling? Uh, okay, so Entwistle Green at 63. Let's just see where they are. Um, They take 55 days. Tigers, 103. Sold up to contract, that's the number of days between sale, agreed, and completion. So that's your grey bar. And then the number of properties. So again, interesting this, that... If you put your house on the market with McDonald's or Susan Eve, and we've already mentioned Susan Eve, haven't we? Susan yeah. Eve, you you know, there is, there is, you know, this, what's that, 60 days, that's six or seven weeks difference. Yeah, that's huge in the uh, <clears throat> in the time frame of moving home. And, and the lesson learned here is this, the people who had the best saleability rates were McDonald's and Susan Reeve, and they're selling them quicker and they're getting the right price. Now, again, boys and girls, you can get all this data from the 20 EA Insights platform. If you're trying to prove that you're worth better, then this system will work for you. Do not mention my name. I don't get any commission. I'm just a big, big fan of it, bit of a fanboy, as you are yourself, Brian. Anything you want to say before we have a quick look at Peaky Peaks at the lettings? Uh, other than I'd like to, you know, buy Duncan Raystrick a beer and find out how he's getting his sales through in two months. Um, because that's... Yes, but, yeah, that's... hold on a sec. But look at this. He's got he's doing nine, 82 days in the orange line, so I bet you a pound to a penny he's, he's waiting till probably... Survey, post-survey mortgage offer, yeah. Yeah, or something like that. Um, very clever on there, Duncan. Right, and um, we're having a quick look now at the lettings. Now, again, the lettings, um, a lot of, in the last year, a lot of people have not been putting their properties up for rent and just even just not even hitting the portals. So we have to take this with a slight pinch of salt. But the marketplace seems to be doing quite well. They've grown by 44%. Move Homes, 43%. This is new listings. Reed's Reigns at 38. Martin & Co. have dropped so as of Tiger and Christie's and Farrell Hayworth. Oh, sorry, guys. You've just dropped slightly on that one as well. Um, got not much to say. Interestingly, the number of online agents at 14% compared to the... It's high, isn't it? Yeah, very high. That is particularly high. I haven't seen that much higher, actually. So, again, interestingly, Blackpool is one of those extreme places... So interestingly, one in well, it's the online market share, and of course, that market share is huge with open rent. Yeah, but um, um, I would expect mo in most places, open rent takes between in late single figures, but so that is quite high. 
Very mm. good. Okay, Brian, I think we're there with, with Blackpool. If you are an agent uh, in Blackpool and you have any queries on the numbers, do contact 20EA through their platform. If you want the platform, again, give them a shout. Likewise, with regard to Bricks and Logic, give them a, a, a shout. Um, and uh, they're absolutely top, top people. Right, final thoughts on this before we wrap this one up, Brian? Um, not an awful lot, Chris, to be honest, um, other than the fact that sometimes I'm quite pleased to sound like a broken record, and that is... We've seen we we busted a few myths earlier today with uh, our, on, our, on our call, particularly that it appears as a very super basic picture that we're listing houses at four, uh, you know, four over four hundred thousand. We're trying to get those properties reduced, and then they're withdrawing. Stop wasting your time. Fish where the fish are. And on that note, we will leave week nineteen. Brian, as always, you are exceptional value. Because <laughs> no, it's free. That's that's. I'm not sure if that's everyone's free. I'm, hey, this this takes me. I'm not it free. takes my colleague about an hour and a half to to hoover the stats up, and it takes me about three hours to prepare this as well. Uh, but we do this for you guys. Uh, a, we love stats, and B, we we hope you do too. Please, if you've got any locations that you want to have a look at, we do have a long list, but please do add them to it. Um, we would love some comments, uh, good as well as bad. Please, if you if you if we have given you value, do make a like or a comment just just so we know that you're actually getting some benefit, not for our ego, but just so you know you're getting the benefit from this. Um, it would be very much appreciated. Um, Brian, thanks for your time today, but more importantly, thank you for watching this, and we hope you've got something from it. We'll see you next week where we have a new uh, another new uh, guest, which will be Ian White returning back. Uh, with with his both sets of barrels, uh, he's absolutely fantastic. Brian, thanks again, mate, and thank you, everyone. <laughs>